Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Michelle of A Piece of Miche. Uh, Michelle is a wife, a mom, um, a nurse practitioner, and also new to woodworking. And it was fun to get to chat with her and learn about how she got started and her journey into it and what kind of things she's working on right now. Um, Before we get to the interview, I do want to give a very special thank you to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you, Amy of Bison Valley Carving, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Dan and Kelly of Reclaimed Living Store, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Design, and... Mary Lou of Made by Mary Lou. Thank you all very much. And uh, right now, probably the biggest thing is I hope that all of you are staying healthy and safe and washing your hands like crazy. And that really goes out to the rest of you as well. Uh, Please continue to look for the weekly online meetups that I'll be hosting through Zoom. Um, They're happening every Friday right now. And they're available to anyone and everyone who listens to the podcast and knows about it and just wants to be part of the maker community and have some time to not talk about the craziness that's going on in the world, but to share with each other maybe things that we're getting to work on or some ideas of projects we can work on while we're all stuck at home. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a chance to bring together community, and so that's available for Everyone, you can find the link for this week's online meetup uh, as the link in the bio on Instagram. So just go to at Maker Mom Podcast. The link in the bio will hook you up. And it's at 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time this week, Friday the 27th, when this is being released. Um, So I hope to see you all there. We can chat about making and whatnot. All right, with no further ado, here is Michelle with A Piece of Miche. And so my name is Michelle Clark. Um, I'm a mom and a wife and a maker. Um, I'm also a nurse practitioner full-time. Um, I, I guess I, get, I got started doing this shortly after moving into our hopefully forever home. I've always had an interest in kind of DIYing, and I think that came from watching my dad do things around the house. So I was always like by his side, whether he was fixing the bike chain or getting under his car to fix something. So I've always had an interest in it. Um, and I was able to do little things around the house here and there, probably from watching him. And then after we bought our first first home, of course, you know, the expense of that, I was just like, I don't want to put any more money into this house. 
Um, but I need it to look good. So then I started, of course, with Pinterest and Google and trying to get ideas of what I can do to make it look better. And I'm like, oh, this looks nice. This looks easy. I can do this. So then I just went out, I bought the tools, and I did it. Um, and it started really with a window bench that I built for uh, my master bedroom. Okay. You make it sound so easy, just being like, yeah, yeah I can totally do this. Um <laughs> Because you know what, I think people think that it's really a lot harder, but if you want to do it and you learn how to use the tool, it really isn't, I mean, it's not easy. There's a lot to figure out, um, and I get hiccups all the time because I'm very, very new to this, but it's like, it's a fun kind of hiccup that you have to get over, or a hurdle that you have to get over, is what I should say. Um, mm -hmm. But if you want to do it, you definitely can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um well, let's go back a ways to your childhood. So you, you touched on it in your introduction there just a little bit, but um, what was your childhood like? Where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I grew up in a very strict Caribbean household. My parents and the rest of my family really are from Trinidad. And they were very, you know, very much about instilling that culture into me and my siblings. Um, which sometimes I thought was a little bit difficult um, if I had friends who were not of the same culture. And I think sometimes we kind of see this now where people of the same culture kind of sometimes stick together, especially in like middle school and high school. But it was difficult if I had friends who just didn't understand why my parents were so strict or why they were doing something. Um, so I, that was probably a little bit challenging. But looking back now, I'm very appreciative of it. I don't think I do the same thing with my kids because it's a completely different time. And, you know, but mm -hmm. so I grew up with very much like order and things have to be a certain way. Um, and I think I have been like that a little bit too, up until maybe the last couple of years, like, no, it doesn't have to be like, you know, I just have a different perspective on a lot of things now, I think in a positive way, mm -hmm. um, because of my childhood and wanting things to be different. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say I did not have a bad childhood at all. Um, my parents were very middle class. We weren't wealthy at all. And I think that's a lot of seeing my family kind of DIYing themselves, things themselves too. Not that you can't be um, above the middle class to do that if it's something you enjoy. But for my dad, it came from, we're not going to pay someone else to do it. We're going to figure out how to do it ourselves. Um, so I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was privileged, um, but I wasn't poor either or mm -hmm. from a lower income family. Um, I think just the average typical household okay um did you have any kind of like creative interest as a kid you know what I really didn't I did not at all um besides being attached to my father's hip and watching him do things but for myself like art class or music we had woodshop in high school not interested at all okay yeah, I didn't uh, enjoy painting, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, what about your siblings? Like, mm -hmm. have they yeah. were they into that any of that kind of stuff, or have they gotten into it as adults? 
No, so I have um, two older sisters. One of them, she's she's the handyman of her house. If the pipe is broken, she'll fix it. Um, same with my other one, but the older one more so. But they're not interested in building stuff mm-hmm. like how I am or even DIYing to make things look good to just still pay somebody. So they can get by, but no, not at all. Okay. Same with my mother. I had to go. So I grew up in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey. I live in Connecticut now, about an hour away. And like if my mom needs things, like simple things to me, like hanging up a curtain, I had to go and spend the weekend and like get all her little handy things done around the house because she's not interested either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So like what, what was post high school like? Post high school, I went away to um, college. I knew I did not want to be in the house. I just wanted something different, which is really for the better. I think I grew up in a good community, but a lot of people who stayed home, I think it just, you know, things didn't work out for them. And I think being away from that environment, which again was not a bad environment, I'm like from the suburbs, but um, I went away to Pace University. There are several locations. So I went to the one in Pleasantville. Um, and it was really a great experience. I was still not interested in any DIYing or anything. I went to nursing school, so it was really just a lot of studying. Um, and that's really what I feel like I spent most of my time doing in college. It, you know, there was definitely parties and fun. But there was, I didn't feel like there was time for extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. Or at least I wasn't interested enough to prioritize it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was one of those kids in college who spent the majority of my time studying as well. So uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hold nothing nothing against anybody who did that. Um, Okay, so um, you said you're a nurse practitioner now, right? That's your Mm -hmm. Full-time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what interested you into like going into that field? Yeah. When I remember when I was applying to colleges, I actually applied to hotel management. So one of the schools that I was really, really interested in was actually Temple University in Philadelphia. And I did not get in. I was devastated, sobbing, crying. Um, and then my oldest sister, she was going to nursing school, and she kind of convinced me, she and my mother, you know, they're like, why don't you just try it, see if you like it, you'll definitely be able to get a job when you graduate, so I'm like, fine, whatever, I'll do it, because I don't, I'm not married to the idea of hotel management, so whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm very, like, kind of laid back, but ambitious, so, you know, nursing, that sounds good, I'll try it. Uh, so I graduated um, at like 21, and so I was an RN for, I think, seven and a half years, and then I've been a nurse practitioner for the last three years. I just dated myself. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I've always worked at the same hospital. I work at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City. Um, so I've always been an oncology nurse for my entire career. Okay. Um, I would imagine then y- you get to see people not at their best. 
Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, Which is, yeah, it's, it's really, really tough. Yeah. Um, do you feel like woodworking helps you kind of work through that of being around people yeah. who are having kind of a hard time? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I feel like it's a good outlet really for any emotional, especially work, but any emotional thing that you want to take your mind off of because it's like you're just focused on accomplishing this task, making sure that it's right, mm-hmm. um, and trying to create a good product, whatever it may be, um, even if it's painting the wall. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you're not thinking about the other things. So I do think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you said you had your, like you started kind of the woodworking DIY um, when you um, guys bought your house. Like, so how, like what, about what year was that? That was the summer of, so I remember actually it was November of 2018 because it was my birthday month. And I got to tell you, my husband hates this. He does not know how to hammer a nail. And I'm not kidding. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I asked him to help me build a laundry pedestal. We were getting a new washer dryer. I'm like, can you please help me? Because the the laundry dryer, is, the washer dryer is going to be here in the morning. It's so late. I had just came home from work. I'm like, I, we can finish this in half the time. And I looked ne- next to me and he's can't get the nail in I'm like what is happening here I'm just like forget <laughs> it I'll just do it um he can he can change the light bulb though so I'll give him that um but so it was November of 2018 because it was my birthday and I was like if I need help he has to help me and if I use the, my birthday as an excuse he doesn't have a choice and he'll do it <laughs> so it was November of 2018 that um that was when I built my first first project which was my window bench but it wasn't really until a couple months later the following year actually maybe the yeah the following fall of 2019 um that I I was ready to get furniture I had finally decided on something got it and then I'm like huh I need a coffee table I need an end table I need a dining room table I need this I need that and I was like, well, I built the window bench. I have the tools. And so I looked up plans online and then, and then I did it. Um, so I used, I built one of them without plans, which I was really excited about. Because mm-hmm. even though it was one is a coffee table, one is a night table, I didn't really think about the fact that one, that two by four isn't really a two by four. I didn't even think about that, but I still learned so much, even though it was very similar things. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then after that, I built. Someone asked me to build a TV stand. I'm working on a story box, and people have been asking me to do other things. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it does sound like you're like kind of just, just getting into it. Mhm. Um, I am. With that window box, was that the first time you had used uh, power tools? Yeah. What was Unless, that experience yes, like? Oh, I was nervous. I'm still nervous to use the circular saw, but I'm getting mm-hmm. more comfortable with it. Um, I didn't, I, I used the jigsaw as well. And I didn't find the jigsaw or the miter saw too difficult. It was really the circular saw that was like, ooh, this, this has mm-hmm. a lot of power to it. Like it really just takes off. 
Right. Um, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm definitely more comfortable with it. I've gotten a better one now, so it's a lot that it's a lot easier to use. Mm-hmm. But I definitely respect the tools and what they're capable of, like at all times, even the miter saw, which I'm comfortable with, or the jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And especially, yeah. as you know, the table saw. Yeah, I have found that, I mean, there's probably only one tool that I've ever gotten, I would say, maybe a bit complacent with, you know, kind of forgotten the power of it. And that mm-hmm. was the bandsaw. And then mm-hmm. it, like, threw a piece of wood across the room and reminded me that, yep, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. respect the tools at all times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we take it for granted sometimes because we use it so often and we become so comfortable. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this. It's going to be fine. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how did you, I mean it sounds like your your husband wasn't a resource for you. Um, so how did you figure out, um, you know, working with the tools? Did you just kind of like, okay, let's just go for it and trial by, you know, by fire type thing? Or, um, you know, did you have other resources you kind of looked into to figure it out before you took that first leap of using yeah. some tools? Mm-hmm. I think a mix of both. When I made the window bench for my bedroom, I I was on social media at that point. Uh, so I really, my resource was YouTube and just, this is how you use it. And then I just went for it. And then now that I have a table saw and I am on Instagram, still a mix of YouTube, you know, really looking over safety instructions and the way you should be holding the wood and using um, push sticks or whatever it is. And then also people within the woodworking community are extremely helpful, always willing to answer questions and help you out in any way. Mm-hmm. I'm always posting, hey, someone help me out here. Um, and the response is like almost immediate. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I found that... Um... Uh, Instagram especially is really great uh, for that mm-hmm. sense of community. Um, is there any like one particular YouTube channel that you found like really helpful? You know what? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, guess, I think it really all depends too on what projects I'm working on and while I do have a handful of tools, sometimes I'm watching a video and I'm like, okay, what is this? This is way too much because I am still a beginner. Like I, you know, I try to find things that make it as simple as possible. And I feel like there's a mix of that between a lot of different channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so, I mean, if you're starting to get asked now to, you know, make things for other people, uh, do you know, are you looking then like this is going to become like a a business? You know, that's a good question. And I'm kind of torn about that. I have thought about it. And I'm torn maybe for like maybe three reasons that I could think of right now. So when I made my Instagram page and she wanted to show the work that I was doing, I didn't even want to do it. It was my coworkers who saw what I was doing and they're like, this is really good. You should be posting this, like just put it out there. And so that's what I did. And that's how like, you know, people have approached me. And um, I guess what my point is, is that 
I'm very grateful for it. But the reason why I also created my Instagram account wasn't necessarily to get clients. It was kind of to, to document my journey through trying to make my house what I want it to be. And I knew that would entail having these woodworking projects. So that's one thing. I don't know. I would love to do it, and I am doing it, but I don't know if it's something I want to do full-time. And the other reason for that is that I really enjoy enjoy doing it for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I will still have that same enjoyment if I have strict deadlines and just, what am I trying to say? I don't know if I'll enjoy it if I have strict deadlines. Mm-hmm. I have to be held to this or that. Right. Yeah. Like the few projects that I have had, like I said, I'm grateful and I'm grateful for the people who I've made it for because they're not on top of me. They know I'm starting, but I think that would change if it's like, okay, you have this order and that order. And then I'm, it might, it may be more stressful to me than it might take the fun away from it. Right. I, yeah, I, I totally understand that. And I mean, there's plenty of woodworkers and makers out there who, you know, commission type work, like what you're talking about, isn't for them mm-hmm. because of that. Um, I'm, I fall somewhere in the middle. Like I don't take a lot of commission pieces, mm-hmm. um, but I do make my own designs. And then if somebody wants to like order one of those, then that does put me on kind of a deadline. Um, mm-hmm. But I still like to drive the ship and be like the creative director of what yeah. I'm making because I've done a couple of things, you know, where people have reached out and said, Hey, can you do this? And it's like, yeah, I can. And, and I do it, but like my heart's not in it. And so it's just not, you know, it gets to be one of those things like you can start resenting going to the shop rather than looking forward to it. So. Yeah. And it's like a perfect example is, you know, I made these clocks for my giveaway and I've been asked to make a few more and they were very quick to make very easy to do and again I'm happy to do it but I'm also thinking about I also want to do these million other projects that have to get done in my house and since I've created my um, my Instagram I haven't done anything for my house it's all been for other people and I think I've even lost sight of the direction of where my Instagram page is going, which is fine. Um, but like, it was, it was to document my journey of fixing up my house through woodworking, and I haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah, um, and I totally get that. Until this year, like, I was lucky if I got one project done for either you know my house or my family. Um, but this year I'm like, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to be doing things for my house. Um, I am going to try to make it be like, well, these are my original designs. They're going in my house. If you want one, I can make you one type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, no, I I have a skill that it brings value to my family and I want to start using it more for my family, like making things for my kids and stuff like that. Yeah. 
I hope that doesn't sound snobby, like, oh, people are asking you to no. do something. You're like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, no. you better be happy that people are asking you. I wish people would ask me. <laughs> I but think, you know what? And I, I think it's just being self-aware. I mean, you know, you, not everyone's going to like doing commission work, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, one day, well, I don't know. I was going to say one day I won't have house projects, but that's probably not true. It is a mess in here. Um, but I think, you know, kind of like today, I have a million things packed into one day. I'm, I'm going to, if someone asks me to do something, I'm still going to do it. I'm not going to say no. Um, but it's just, it, I guess it's finding the balance between the two. Yeah. <clears throat> finding the, what can make everybody happy, but I don't know if that's a possibility or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about your shop space. So what, where mm -hmm. is your shop space? What kind of, you know, what are you working with usually? Yeah, so my shop space is like non-existent. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is less than 70 square feet. So, and I have a table saw in there, a band saw, a miter saw, a router table, what else is in there? And then all my power tools. I think that's it. And um, and then, of course, the hand tools. It is actually, so I thought about building a shed in the backyard. And one, I'm really scared of bugs. I don't want to see any of them. And <laughs> I like to work late into the night or at any hour of the day with two little kids. And my husband, he's a realtor, so he's always in and out at, at all hours. So I wouldn't be comfortable. They're, my kids are eight and five. I wouldn't be comfortable with them being in the house and I'm outside trying to do woodworking. And I get very, I'm sure like many people, I get caught, so caught up in my projects. I'm like, oh my God, two hours passed. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable with that with my kids being in the house and the outside. Mm -hmm. So then I was trying to think of a space that I could use inside the house and the basement would be ideal. It's a great size, but my house was built in the 1800s. So my basement has dirt floors. So mm -hmm. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. So I, we have a upstairs in the house. We have a back porch. So that back porch is what I use as my shop. Okay. Yeah. So you listed off quite a few tools you're fitting into that space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping most of them are on wheels so you can at least move them but, around yes everything is on wheels <laughs> or a flip top part or has something to cover it to expand on the work the work tabletop that I have mm -hmm. what's yeah. at the top of your list for tools that you don't have but want to get mm, I would say a planer yeah, those come yeah. in super handy. Yeah, I wouldn't have anywhere to put it, but that's what's on my <laughs> list. <laughs> I would actually have to probably just put that in the basement and make a trip down there when I needed to use it. Mm -hmm. But I've been looking on YouTube because I'm, oh, I also have a scroll saw in there. I didn't mention that. But I saw on YouTube there's a way to, to plane your wood without the planer. So realistically, that's probably what I would do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I need it. Yeah. Are you usually working with 
you know, like the dimensional, like two by four type lumber stuff. Mm-hmm. From Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. That or the poplar wood. Yeah. I have not used hardwood. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I feel like I'm there yet. Cause I mean, you get hardwood, you don't want to, to waste an inch of hardwood. Like it's so beautiful and nice and expensive. I don't know if I'm there yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was just going to, I guess the reason I asked is thinking, you know, if you're still using dimensional lumber, then you can get by without a planer for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you're willing to like, you know, take the time and sit and go through the entire stack at Home Depot to find yeah. that straight board. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but when you do start dealing with hardwoods, most of the time, even if they're like pretty close to you know, super straight, they're generally rough sawn when you buy them. And so you have mm-hmm. to do all the work to, to mill them down to useful lumber. Um, okay. So I would say, don't put that on your list until you want to start working. <laughs> Good to know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. You have two kiddos, right? I do. I have two boys. They're eight and five years old. Okay. Um, are they both in school now? Yeah, they are. They're yeah. in kindergarten and third grade. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's about the age differences of, of my kids. When my oldest goes into third grade, my youngest will be starting um, kindergarten. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Nice. And you have girls or boys? I have one of each. My oldest is a boy okay. and my youngest is a girl. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you manage? I mean, you've got a full-time job, especially with the full-time job and then, you know, have it being a mom of two still, you know, still fairly little and then trying to also, I mean, like you said, you're doing commission work. You're not even getting to make things for your own home right currently. How are you yeah. managing all of that? Um, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Um, I always tell myself, uh, when I get home from work today, I'm just going to do 20 or 30 minutes. It doesn't happen. And I'm exhausted. So then on my days off, like today, if I'm not rushing in all the doctor's appointments or whatever the case is, then I try to get a lot done on my days off when the kids are in school. And then on the weekends, I just, you know, I prioritize the mom time. And then after that, I try to get into the shop. And I mean, the time is limited. It is. I, you know, I used to always think, oh my gosh, someone told me on Instagram that comparison is a thief of joy. And that has always stuck with me because I'm like, how does everyone finish these projects so fast? And I think once I realized that that's not me, it's not going to be me because of it, because of my, all my obligations, my work and my family, mm-hmm. then I was okay with that. So mm-hmm. I fit it in, I fit it in slowly, but it gets done. And as long as I'm enjoying it, whether it takes me two weeks or two months, like I'm still creating something, I'm still getting into my shop and, you know, I'm fine with that. Right. And I would say that, like, especially Instagram has, I think it's changing somewhat, but because people are always posting kind of like the best, right? Mm-hmm, the best of mm-hmm. life whatever, on Instagram, 
um, and Facebook too, really, but um, it can appear that like yeah. they're getting more done or more stuff is getting done than what really is happening. That's true. Um, That's absolutely true. And then I also realized too, like, you know, someone is posting that they're in their shop until 9 or 10 p.m. You don't know what sacrifice that they've made within their household to have that happen. You don't know if their husband or wife or their children are, their time is being sacrificed in order mm-hmm. to make that happen. And is that something you really want for yourself? So right. that's when I'm like, I cannot like just go based off what I see on Instagram because you really don't know what's going on. Right. You just or if they do even... what works for you. Or if they even have a spouse or children. Right. That's yeah, it. yeah. That they're condemned. Yeah, that makes with. a difference too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, I was going to ask a little further question. Like, so especially if you're, you know, kind of working things in on the weekends when you can and stuff, like, what does your support system look like for helping to keep everything kind of running um, while also oh, getting my- a chance to? to make my husband I have to say he's like he's very amazing he's a really good guy and he understands how much this makes me happy you know if I don't go into my shop for three or four days he's like oh my gosh you must feel so good how does it feel to be in your shop like very (laughs) dramatic about Mm -hmm. it um because he knows I enjoy it he's amazing with the kids he cooks he cleans he's so he's huge very huge um I think, and my family doesn't live nearby. They still live in New Jersey, and my husband's family isn't that close either. So it's really me and him. So I think we both support each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we want to do something, either one of us, you know, we try to make sure that the other person is able to. That's that's good, and that's, you know, key. Um, sometimes it's spouses, and sometimes it's friends or other family, but it really is necessary that there's some support there in order to be able to get stuff done oh yeah absolutely like if I'm in the shop and I don't realize like I said two hours have passed by he's already starting the dinner or feeding the kids and it's like Mm -hmm. he's not going to harass me about it like oh why are you still in there do this like he'll just do it and then I think we do that for each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think you know you gotta be happy (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah if it's something that you, your partner, your friend enjoys and you're able to make it happen, then, you know, you do. You let mm-hmm. make it happen for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's been your favorite part about, you know, this new journey in your life of being a, a woodworker and a maker? Um, you know what? Two things. I really love all the people that I meet on Instagram. I was like, I'm just going to create an account. I didn't even know there was a woodworking community, like, at all. So even just knowing that if I need something, I need ideas, there are people that are so supportive. And, like, there are a few people that I even talk to on a daily basis, and not even necessarily about woodworking so or DIYing. So I really enjoyed that part. Um, and then I like just, you know, like sitting in the living room and I can see all the things that I've done here. Um, So, and, you know, there's a lot more things that I need to get done in the living room, for example. It's just like, I can't wait for that because then I can just look and be like, I did that. So it's a really nice uh, sense of accomplishment 
Yeah. Um, and then you'll get to a point where anybody who comes to your home, they can be like, and what did you make in here? And you can be like, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My old coworkers are so great. They see things online and they send it to me like, oh, I bet you can make this. I bet you can make that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite part about being a mom? Mm, that's a good one. Uh, what do I love? I mean, God, it's hard to answer in like one thing. I don't know. There's so much fun. I mean, I don't know. I can't really answer that. I just, you know, I just love them. Just want to snuggle them, cuddle them all the time. I harass them with kisses. <laughs> <laughs> They're sick of me. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still kids. They still do things. I'm like, oh, my God, I need a break. But, yeah, I, I don't know if there's one, there's one thing. It's a, it's a hard, hard job. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I love them. <laughs> awesome. Um, what is, since, since you are kind of just new into this space, has there been any challenges you feel like you've faced uh because you're a woman in what's seen as a more male-dominated field mm, I don't think I've faced challenges I I haven't besides this like stupid things if you go to the big the Home Depot or something and people are looking at you like you don't know what you're doing or oh, you're going to do that, or are you sure you know how to do that? I mean, other than that, not really. I haven't had any remarks like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, now that now I'm thinking about that, I only had one person make a really sexist comment. I was at my sister's house hanging curtains at her house, and she has a steel beam, and I couldn't get through it. And she had a company, and... You know, my brother-in-law, who's not handy as well, he's like, oh, no, it looks good. It's fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. This isn't working. Mm -hmm. um, and my sister my sister also says, oh, yeah, that looks fine. I think it's fine. And the friend turns around and says, well, if a woman says it's fine, you know it's not. I'm like, what mm -hmm. did you just say? I was like, I'm done here. Mm -hmm. I was so I'm not one of those people. I'm not good with comebacks at all. And I was so shocked. My mouth was shot. I was like, what? <laughs> like and and people don't even realize they say these things right yep yeah but like nothing really personal though nothing mm -hmm. that that's like the only thing I could think of okay um I mean that's good and I think yeah I was gonna say <clears throat> I think you'll continue you'll continue to find like at least people members of the community are super supportive um mm -hmm. in general um it's just usually kind of outsiders who could put their foot in their mouth type thing mm -hmm. yeah for sure what do you want your kids to learn from um watching you you know start and continue down this this path of making mm -hmm. I think really that if you want to do something and you have your mind set on it, there's really no limitation. And you can't say that you can't do something unless you try. Um, 
And I hear it all the time. How do you do that? I can't do that. And it's like, but how do you know? You haven't even tried. Um, and I think that's big. I think also even just gender roles that, you know, these things don't really exist. My husband and I, we have reverse roles. So I hope with them just seeing that they know like the man doesn't have to do this or the woman doesn't have to do that. And for them, it's going to be their norm because that's what they're growing up with. Like we had a leaking pipe and they're like, don't worry, mom can fix it. So, you know, just to not categorize men or women into what they should or shouldn't be doing and to make sure if you want to do something, just figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's great that, like you said, this is their norm. So they're not going to think anything different about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important, right, that they get to see that mom can do it, do this one thing, and dad can do this one thing, and it has nothing to mm-hmm. do with their gender. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice? You know, I think you're probably primed to, to answer this a question. What advice would you give to a mom who wants to tackle a new skill like making or DIY, but they're hesitant to get started? Yeah, um, I don't even think you have to start small because my window bench was. I think you just have to be confident in yourself and you have to just go for it. Uh, Know that it may not come out perfect. The window bench in my master bedroom, what I've learned over the last one and a half years or so, I need to completely take it down and redo it. And that's fine. It's part of the learning process, the growing process. Um, And so, you know, you try it out. If you don't like it, you try again. we all have crazy, busy schedules, busy lives, but you know, you gotta, I think it's self-care is super important. Even if it's, you know what, I'm going to try today for an hour and then I'm going to try today for two hours, whatever the time may be. I think it's important to dedicate that me time whenever it is throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I like to tell people that, there, I have never personally never had a project get to completion without at least one mistake being made. Mm-hmm. And a that, thousand percent. <laughs> and that even mm-hmm. the master woodworkers or makers out there, they still make mistakes on their projects. They are just better at hiding them now because <laughs> they've had practice hiding those mistakes. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And the other thing is that there's a big community out there that if you run into something and you don't know what to do, there's so many people that can help guide you. So you're not doing it alone. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And there are people, they really want to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're generally, you know, good people. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, Michelle, we're actually to the end of our time together. So I want to give you a chance to do, you know, to let people know where they can find you on all the interwebs so they can follow along Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm only on Instagram and my Instagram name is Peace of Mish, P-I-E-C-E-O-S-M-E-E-S-H. So a few more uh, customer builds um, and then a lot of more builds but for my home okay awesome and i'll include a link to that in the show notes for your episode okay thank you yeah
Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, of course. It was nice. Yeah. All right. Again, that was Michelle with a piece of Mish. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with her, and I hope that you all enjoyed listening to the interview as well. Um, I will include links on how you can follow along with her in the bio, and um, please do that. Please go ahead and uh, go check her out in the show notes. Go figure out how to follow along with her. Um, Right now, especially, we need to all be supporting each other, following each other on social media, interacting with each other the best that we can in this virtual world right now, um, just so we can keep everybody's spirits up. So with that, I hope that all of you have a safe, happy, healthy weekend, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Mm